Coming to you from 8122 Production Studios in the heart of the 607, this is Horror Zone 607. Like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. And remember, you can always join the conversation using hashtag HZ607. Welcome back to The Zone. Thank you for joining us again this week for Episode 4, Horror Zone 607. With me this week, you hear him every week. He's my co-host. We're always happy to have him. He's your friend and mine. We got Rich. Hey, what's up, everybody? And also with us this week again, you've heard him here the last few weeks. He's the owner of 8122 Production Studios. He's kind of our own little crypt keeper. You know, he invites us in every week. He lets us use the, the studio we got Ron with us. Hey, what's going on, horror nerds? All right, well, happy to have you guys with me again, as always. It's always good to be here. Uh, we're going to start with some news, some horror movie news, like we always do. Right on. Uh, probably the biggest thing that we've got this week that came out uh, was like a little tidbit, just kind of hit, but it's huge news. Back in 1968, when the original Night of the Living Dead was being filmed, um, Romero and his entire production team, all the director, the, the producers, everybody apparently had written uh, A Night of the Living Dead Part 2, a direct sequel to the original movie. Wait a minute, wait a minute. That one doesn't take place in a mall? It does not. <laughs> oh, it does not. Okay. This is supposedly going to be a direct sequel to that first movie, and it somehow went missing, and nobody, could, nobody even remembered that it was around, and somehow it got unearthed this past week. And uh, that's going to be something that's coming in 2019, from what I've been reading. Oh, so they're going to remaster it, put it out to the world, huh? I don't know that it was ever actually filmed. I, I think that it was actually... I, just a script? Just like I, a treatment? I, yeah, I believe so. But oh, I believe that it's something that they're actually going to plan to do now. My that's, question, it'll tie into a thing later, is do at that point, do you do a uh, remake again of Night of the Living Dead and then do a sequel? I mean, or do you kind of like do like a remake with this portion into it? You just just do it, just reboot it with this. Oh, yeah, true, it'd just true. be like it'd be just like Night of the Living Dead. If you want to see that one, go get it. Watch dream. the original. Watch well, the original, and then this kind of what they did with Halloween. Yeah. Well, it's also yeah. we're hitting the 50 year anniversary of the original movie yeah. too. It'd be kind of perfect to re-release it, which I believe is happening anyway. But right. re-release it and then have this come out with it. Ironically, this is the first news story because it gives a teaser to my to later on we'll be doing because uh, we're trying to name and go through our segments as we're doing this new show for all you guys. And uh, so I, I, my creative geniusness is calling my segment "Talking Horror." And and uh, there's a long-form conversation. This actually is going to fit perfect into. So when you guys hear that later, you'll understand. I don't want to get too in deep now. But, yeah, this is this is great stuff. Like, honestly, it's really a cool news segment to come out, especially because I'm a huge fan of the original. Uh, As there, am I. If it That's wasn't for why. that, there'd be no zombie oh, yeah. you know, movies. I did, like, I did actually like the remake they did in the 80s with Tony Todd. I feel like they kept it the same is why yeah i mean i still think that i'm still a bigger fan of the original romero classic 
But if you wanted a movie that stayed true to the roots of a movie, they did a great job with that with the Tony Todd version in the 80s. Well, they really did. And that was actually Tom Savini that directed that yeah, movie. Yeah, yeah. Which is amazing. And for those of you that somehow are following our page and listening to this podcast that don't know who Tom Savini is, look him up. Yeah, you talk Google about an Tom interesting Savini, cat. and you will find out that if he's done everything in horror. He really has. He's and he's written, actually directed. liked a couple of my posts on really? the Twitter page. All oh, right. Nice. Keep, so. it, keep it up, Tom Savini. We're a fan of yours. We love you, Tom Savini. But yeah, he's written, he's directed, he's produced. He's obviously a special effects ma- uh, movie magic guy. That's what he's most known for, but he's done everything. Acted. I mean, I, I love personally one of my favorite death scenes in any movie is his death scene in Maniac. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, that was amazing ever. where he killed himself. Yes, yes. It was awesome. It was pretty yeah, awesome. Yeah, that movie disturbed me to no end. I actually gave that DVD away to Luke, who's one of the writers on the site. Uh-huh. So, uh, yeah, I, I, that movie disturbed me to no end. He did an amazing <laughs> job with it. I love that movie. Yeah. All right, moving on. Uh, just going to touch base. We've talked about it until we've been blue in the face the last few weeks, but Halloween has actually now passed $225 million at the box office. Whoop, whoop. So, so, so it's uh, definitely going to be Halloween... Well, they already were. They were already going in with the sequel sequel. to the sequel reboot. And if you want to listen to our take on that sequel, (laughs) just go back and listen to episode three, which will also be on our own channel that we now have our own channel. So isn't that great? It is. So I put that one up to get everything in there. So if you want to go back and listen to episode uh, three of Horror Zone Six Hundred Seven, the three of us uh, put over what our ideas for that sequel would be, based upon how that ended. So yeah. All right, uh, next piece of business we have to cover here, um, Don't Breathe, uh, kind of turned out to be a big hit a couple years back. Uh, Fetty Alvarez directed it. Uh, There is a sequel on its way. Uh, He has actually finished the script. Um, It's done. It's going to be filming sometime, I'm guessing, within the next year, and uh, it's going to be interesting to see where that series goes. Uh, Absolutely loved it. Don't breathe. Not gonna lie, I still have to see it. I haven't seen it yet. You haven't seen it? Yeah. It's uh, the movie's absolutely just. Uh, it's filled with suspense. Uh, first time I actually I saw it in the theater when it came out, and I was kind of like, yeah, you know, what is this? What's all the hype about? And I went back and watched it again when it came out on video. I'm hoping that I have the same reaction with Halloween, by the way, when it comes out on video, because I'm not gonna see it again in theaters after how much I hated it. But um, when I watched it back, I mean, this the movie's filled with suspense. Nice. Um, very good acting. Jane Levy's in it, who's outstanding. Um, just, just a really good film. It's right up his alley. Anything full of suspense. That's his, that's his deal. So it really it works is. Out. It really is. Uh, the next thing I want to talk about is for anybody that hasn't been watching the purge on the USA network, what an excellent series. I am a fan of the movie series. I still haven't actually seen the third and well, technically the prequel, uh, the, the last two films in the series, but I want to, uh, love the first two films and absolutely am in love with the series. I was going to say, if you when you open that up, if anybody hasn't seen The Purge, what are you doing with your life? Oh, yeah. What are you doing Playing with your life? Games. Yeah. Okay. Come on, well, I, I was I was looking at you because I knew you hadn't been watching <laughs> that That movie concept, which I'm also a fan of the movies, but yeah. the concept of that show the as a movie, as a franchise, however you want to look at it, it lends itself so greatly to a TV series. It really does because... If you get to the TV series, what it does better than the movies is you get to know these characters like intimately. You get to know the, the it's following four different stories at the same time. I, I believe, believe so. Yeah, there's at least four because because uh, you have the married couple at yep. the rich people's party for the the new founding fathers. You have the boss. You, you have the uh, the guy looking for his, his sister. 
Yeah. Then you have the sister. I kind of thought, hey, well, it'd be good because it'd be one of the two. Then you have the the boss of the company who's actually going after her uh, other her boss, her, her the boss, the yeah. And then you have we're not trying to spoil. This is not really spoilers. This is just telling you like what's going. On. And then you have the last one, which is the is the wild card to me, and that's the one that Lee Turgeson plays. Yeah. The uh, the oh, guy I'm, the the guy who's out there actually. At first, you think he's out there just going to kill people, but he's actually out there helping people. He's out there helping people, and I haven't seen the last couple of episodes because I have been busy the last few weeks. But I did record them. And that part of it, the whole show, I love. That part of it has got me just, that drew me in. I, I cannot okay. wait to see where that goes in so, the last few episodes. So you could say it's four or five, because if you count the sister as a separate story, because you really do go on her path and his path, but it's kind of the same story, I think. I can put it together, because you can't have one without the other. Right. He's trying to find his sister, and of course his sister, because if you guys have seen the trailers for the show and not seen it, his sister is the one that's in that cult where they just let people kill them. Like, they sacrifice themselves to people who need to purge. Right. Well, it's very well written, uh, absolutely gripping storytelling, and uh, I don't know. I can't wait. It's you know, ten episodes, I can't wait to watch the rest of it. Yeah, ten, ten episodes, episodes, season one, and now we're getting a season two. Yeah, season two uh, is going to be coming. USA has ordered, so that's going to be awesome. Hopefully, season. next year we'll get a, another ten. I'm hoping what they do is they do the like Fargo slash True Detective route, and it's just a different cast. Where it's an every anthology. Year. Yeah, every year it's a different cast. I'm kind of hoping the same too. Again, I haven't seen the end of the the first season, so I don't know exactly if it leaves it open for those characters to come back or not no but. spoiler alert i mean i'm not gonna spoil it so it may or may not for some of them you know leave everybody on the edge of their seat because trust me they do that enough you know some people have the happy ending some people don't have a happy ending we'll just leave it at that but uh i'm just hoping that you don't just keep going back to well because i think that lends itself to just giving you a different aspect every week unlike the show that we're going to be talking about next which would be the walking dead yeah the walking dead uh this week now i just gonna put this out there this is a disclaimer for everybody listening as big a horror movie fan as i am this whole site is my baby i created the whole thing i love writing about it i love watching it we've we've established that in the last couple of weeks i've never watched the walking dead i have no interest of watching it however i I am aware of what's going on (laughs) i am aware of what's going on uh, main character Rick Grimes has left the show and he's uh, been written out of the show. He's been written out of the show. However, he's going to be coming back and being a part of what was announced that there will be Spoiler several, <laughs> Spoiler several Fred, Fred Walking Lawyer. Dead movies that will be made for the AMC Network. Spoiler alert. Rick Grimes doesn't die like most people thought he was when they wrote him out. And that's leading us to, like you said, the movies that they are going to be making. And uh, we so we were talking bad. about it on our mine and Ron's other podcast, The so Three Fat bad. Nerds. We were talking about the fact that uh, they're, they're talking about a trilogy, right? We were yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. rumors are it's supposed to be a trilogy. And, and then they're also going to do possibly a Maggie movie and then some of the other right. characters who have died along the way. But they don't know if these movies are going to be theatrical releases. I read that video it was going to be made da- for AMC. Yeah, I was going to say, right. that's what I was going to say. But it's not been really announced whether it's going to be theatrical, video on demand, or AMC. They don't. They haven't really announced. Because I'm sure, I think with the Rick Grimes one, I bet you that they're going to either going to try a theatrical release or... Or they're going to go video on demand oh, with that okay. one, especially. I'm just feeling like it would be a good way. Now, mind you, they will probably show it on AMC after they've you know tried to make some money. Okay, but I would think if they're going to try anything to make money in a theater wise, that would be the one that they would try because they've left such a cliffhanger, and they're going to be like, oh, maybe we can get an hour and a half movie out of this and make some bank, well, especially he has the main after character the Halloween too. Yeah. I mean, well, it's especially it after the Halloween draw. 
Oh yeah, no. absolutely. Everybody's gonna try to throw their little Everybody's dice the out there, wagon. brother. Horror is back. Baby. I would. I would. For better him. or for worse. I would have yeah. kill, killed. Oh, I would have too. Oh, I. I, I, I would have had Norman Reedus put his foot on his throat and freaking pull the trigger on the gun. And said, "Rick, I don't like where you're going with this." Yeah. Tight. When I first got to the studio today, Ron was telling me about this, and he's a brilliant mind. That's why we have him on the show every Listen, week. Listen, there's Dude, been a lot of times he's mentioned stuff on the Three Fat Nerds, where and then it's happened in the real world. <laughs> like he he was like, "Oh, Charles Xavier is a bad guy." Oh, yeah. And then yeah, they yeah. wrote that storyline into. Yeah. Uh, a new mean or, or the the show uh, the show they're on uh, FX. What was it called? The Gifted. I don't. I don't is know, it the Gifted? Yeah, the Gifted. Yeah, it's on FX. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. So I mean, if we got that wrong, sorry. This is a horror show. We're not. No, prepared I, I for that, but I'm just saying. I'm giving an example yeah. about how he's been right. Oh, I've been. I, I've been on a stand on Charles Xavier is the biggest douche in Marvel, and he's, <laughs> and he's, he's the comic the, books and in, yeah. and in oh, TV dude, and he, he just minds controls everybody around him to get him to do what he wants. Back on track though with The Walking Dead, I I just don't I don't like this. It's like I'm gonna I'm gonna go off to a non horror one with this as well. I'm a huge fan of The Sopranos. I watched it when it was on television, well, HBO, my original run, and I've seen it since. And I've, I love the show. I didn't like the ending. But even with that said, being said, and obviously I know James Gandolfini is now no longer with us, so it doesn't lend itself to do a movie. And a few times HBO has tried to go outside and, and get somebody else to do it. So I, I, I just don't like it. Because really it feels like it's, you know, obviously I've had this problem forever. We talk about it. And you'll probably hear us talk about it on this show, too, when Walking Dead gets brought up. I think it's ran its course a long time ago. Like, they're yeah. beating this in the ground because it's really rinse and repeat. So. Honestly, it's rinse and repeat. Yeah. It's the same thing every year. They f- try to find a safe place. They find a safe place. All is going well. Everything hits, you know, crap hits the fan. And yeah, now yeah. they're trying to find a new safe place. They leave you in the cliffhanger when they go into the next season yeah. and rinse and repeat. And that's all it is. Yeah. And that's why I tapped out in season six. Well, that's got to be why the ratings have been tanking, too. Yeah, absolutely. It's- and it's 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 not that it's so bad now because because the idea that they were willing to kill off major characters at any point in time, and now all of a sudden because it's Andrew Lincoln, and we can't we can't kill him like right. They're not willing to kill any major, like a, a, a super major character, period. Because if you think about it, they're not going to kill off Norman Reedus, who is making them bank. Dude, just like, did you see like what well, did they did, what they just signed him to well, because no, no, of the no, no, whole no. Andrew Lincoln thing? Well, not not yeah, but like I'll, I'll give you that. I'll give you and but Carol, like eh. like that character one. That character's probably got the best character development through the show. True, because if you actually watch her, she try, she, she didn't you she, didn't they just sign her to a ton yeah, of money yeah, too? Yeah, yeah. well, so, I'm, yeah. I'm just saying like she her character probably was going to die at some point in time. But her, she's got the most character development. If you actually watch her, oh character. no, yeah, yeah, I agree. She and she, she's come the farthest oh, out yeah. of any. Her story arc is probably right. by far the best on that show. But you, uh, any major character, like they, they killed off Shane, they killed off Andrea, they killed off. Yeah, but I mean, like, like they killed off. Miz. I don't want to call them like honestly. No, I don't they call were the first major, ten characters that you met. This, but that doesn't mean anything. <laughs> They, they, I want to call them technically major characters. I would, I, I always attested that those characters were meant to be killed anyways. So like, you had to have the fodder. You have to have, oh, yeah, you have yeah, to yeah. have like main characters die. But I don't think the only real main characters on that show is really was really Rick Grimes because this show is centered completely around his world. And I was shocked when they killed off uh, Carl because yeah. that 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 to me was a main character. So I'm like, oh wow, they will go there. Yeah. But like Glenn. Like I knew it was coming because I read well, the comic yeah, books. Yeah, yeah, you know, like, just a matter of <laughs> when. Yeah, but like all those, I feel like the problem that they did with the show—not to harp on it too long—but the problem with that show is they should have created the era of, or aura, I should say, 
of uh, anybody could die at any time, and they haven't. Because I yeah. feel like that is where the comic book failed and also where the show failed. And mind you, I, I'm not saying anything about Kirkman because I think Kirkman's an amazing writer. Yeah. However, where these things fail is that if you would have... I mean, I guess in the comic book, it's not so much because, you know, you can do a long story. Yeah. But as far as a TV show, they should have already been on to a whole other cast of people. Because if you're going to keep the show going and keep it fresh, what you do is you follow this group have them there for three, four seasons, have you fall in love, and kill them all off. Yeah. And that's how you do it. And then rinse and repeat, if you wanted to rinse and repeat that way. And then, you know, they tried kind of with Fear of the Walking Dead, but it fell on its face yeah. to the point that they're still trying to vitalize it by putting characters from The Walking Dead on that show just so people will watch, but it's not going to work. No. And we've already seen that. But that's saw, because it's 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 failing, as you said. I, 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 I still would have had Norman Reedus, Daryl Dixon, kill Rick yeah. and chuck him into the... Chuck Absolutely. him into a zombie pit or something to get eaten and be like, he got caught. You know, pull, pull the chain, pull the chain maneuver with the fat guy trying to run away and just be like, and then all of a sudden you just, you're changing your whole idea of what Shane or what uh, Daryl Dixon is, is and what he's doing. And then you can go anywhere. With Absolutely. It. But here's what I would do. And, and this was honest. When you saw the writing on the wall, everybody leaving, I would have not announced that. Yeah. That was oh, the yeah. first mistake. We yeah, talked yeah, about yeah, this yeah, before. Yeah. I would have not announced that. Secondly, I would have done, this is the last season. Okay, everybody's leaving. We can do the last season. Now, that fits in with movies. Now you can do movies because we've yeah. done that before with other shows. Yeah, yeah, I'll give you that. Once they're gone, okay, that's fine. I would have done the scene exactly how you said it, but I would have killed both of them in the same scene. So okay. as as he shoots Rick, Rick still has a little bit of life to him. He's going to throw him in, and Rick kind of trips him, and yeah, they both yeah. fall into zombies. They both get eight. And then the crowd would have been like, what did I just watch? And especially yeah. if they didn't know those guys were leaving the show, especially if they didn't know it was the last season of the show. Yeah. If you would have kept that all under wraps, you could have gone out with a bang this year and just killed everybody off. Yeah. And it would have been amazing. And you could have saved that for like four more episodes down the road yeah. and gotten a whole season out of it. You would have been talked about how you were the greatest thing going off television. And then two years from now, from this date, you could have put out one of those movies and guess what? People would have ate it up. Yeah. You're not wrong about that, but you know, here's the thing. It's all about the ratings. They're never going to do that. They're always going to announce when the when the series is ending. They're always going to announce when the finale is coming. They, <sighs> that's what they do. It's just you're bad. not wrong. It would have been good, but it just that's not the way they work. Yeah, you know, and that's what's unfortunate because you know that I haven't watched the show and now I kind of want to after listening to this. So. <laughs> yeah, but they don't book it the way we just described it. So yeah, basically, no. basically, if you were tuning in to see what me and Ron were just describing, you would probably be disappointed greatly. Yeah, great. And I mean, I'm not saying you know for the people who like it, that's your thing. That's cool, man. Everybody has their own thing. But honestly, we just described it way better oh, than what yeah, it was because cool. they don't do the things we just said. Those are the logical things to do. And I, I've always said this. I understand that there's a certain amount of logic you check at the door whenever watching a movie a tv show reading a book whatever because you know you have to believe into the world which you are you know in for that particular uh, avenue however you also have to remember there's a certain amount of logic you have to keep like you can't do things that humans wouldn't do and have be smart you know then you have like people being hip to or smart on horror movies where the the girl runs up the stairs now with that being said, there is stories, there has been studies done, sorry, I didn't say stories, but studies done where actually it proves that that's right, that people would actually run up the stairs. I believe it. Yeah, I'm being serious. That's 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 a proven fact. There's a bunch of stuff that, you know, they have done studies on. However, most of us are like, why did she do that? Or why did you go in that room? Or why didn't you just get the hell out of Dodge? If I saw a hockey mask wearing serial killer slice into my friend, I'm, I'm out. <laughs> I'm out. 
I'm leaving. I'm like the I'm like the little black kid in, in the new Halloween movie. <laughs> oh, you don't yeah. see him again. I, I can guarantee he's alive because he was out. Oh, he's still running. He's still he, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and you would be too. Oh yeah. Absolutely. I I'm I'm not even not even ashamed to say it. Not at all. <laughs> well it's good to know you'd be there for us, buddy. Oh, hey, I would be there for you until it like I would I would try to fight back, but you know, you know you're not gonna you know, go against that odds. Yeah, I'd probably shove you guys out of it's the called, way. It's called it's going smart. And if I don't you know what, if I if I, we have somebody along, God God help him if I don't like them because I'm just shooting him in the leg shame style. Right? I'm getting out, bro. I'm getting out. I'm going to survive this horror film. But like I said, but you still have to carry a certain amount of logic. When you're doing a show for The Walking Dead for eight, nine seasons already, it gets to the point where you're like, yeah, it's all been done. So right. you need to really start to think about wrapping it up. And if you're going to do movies, I say do movies, but stop doing the show. Yeah, except they've already announced that they're going to do several right. more seasons. They want to spin it off. They want to do the movies. It's just like, you know, the ratings should be telling them something. But Yeah, it's not good. It's not. Well, uh, you know, a minute ago you did mention a certain hockey mask slasher, and yes. uh, there was one more piece of news that came up this week. It's not earth-shattering, but um, right now, Friday the 13th is an illegal battle between Sean Cunningham and Victor Miller, the original writer and it's an appeals. Writer, uh, director and writer. Yeah, it's in appeals. Uh, Sean Cunningham actually lost the the trial. It was awarded to Victor Miller. I, I think we uh, time out real quick. I think we need to like express this. The lawsuit actually was brought. Uh, like I didn't know this until recently, but I actually got to see. I don't know if you guys know, but the guy who plays Shelley in Part Three is Larry actually, Zerner is actually a copyright lawyer. Yeah, I just saw I've him been following on, him on Twitter. And I was gonna say I, I just I just saw him on Slash and Cast. If you guys want to check that out on uh, YouTube, it's a YouTube channel, and they do a very good job. They do a lot of horror stuff and a lot of horror gaming stuff. So I'm a big fan of theirs. So I'll, I'll plug them. Because because of that but he was they just did an interview with him and i they put it up today actually before we did the show where he was explaining that it wasn't victor miller who put everything on hold it was actually sean cunningham and horror inc who did because they sued him over the rights because what ended up happening is the copyrights had like expired years he gave yeah. it up his rights but after 35 years in the united states of a termination of your rights you can then seek to regain them and so what they should have done, what Horror Inc. should have done was offer outside of court Victor Miller a deal to cut them in on, you know, whatever profits that he wanted or, you know, whatever. Just work a deal. Instead, they sued him for the rights and the judge sided with him because he was the writer. He was always the creator. So now that puts everything in limbo. With that being said, though, New Line Cinema actually is the one who owns the name of Friday the 13th and also the name of Jason Voorhees. So, if they wanted, technically they could do another movie if New Line is together, but they would have to get all the parties together, which it looks like is going to happen due to the fact eventually, eventually because they're all going to come to the table. But there is an appeal, as you pointed out. Sean yeah. Cunningham has appealed the judge's ruling, and we're going to go from there. But New Line Cinema actually owns the name of Friday the 13th. So, when we were trying to figure out before, and I know everybody else has been trying to figure it out, if you could name it Friday the 13th, even if you could go ahead without using the original IP... Yeah, because as long as New Line Cinema okay's it, they own it. Right. So there's that. So just just to throw that part out there, I didn't. Right. Get it's too a big far. convoluted, you know, mess of of uh, legal things going on with it right now. But the fact of the matter is, is Friday the Thirteenth for the time being anyway is, is on hold. Is on hold because of this appeal. Actually, Larry Zerner did say that this could cause 
a hold up for another couple of years. Oh yeah, with uh, this appeals process. Hopefully, it won't happen. But I don't, I don't think it's going to. I'm optimistic on this. Only reason because of Halloween. How much money Halloween earned is going to bring everybody to the table, and we already know that uh, LeBron James wants to produce the he next does. Friday Thirteenth. Well, the biggest problem. And Vertigo though, is also on board. They are, but the biggest problem right now is Victor Miller. They've tried to work with him, and he won't talk to them. Actually, so, which I don't blame him. During that interview, it was brought out that he did. He met with oh the he people. has he met with New Line he met That's with Vertigo then. and he, he he met with LeBron. That's news. All then, because met, up until all a couple weeks met, ago yeah. he wouldn't. No, yeah, that happened this past week because oh. uh, I guess uh, he was saying that a lawyer friend is uh, one of his lawyer friends is Victor Miller's lawyer. They all met together. Oh, good. So Maybe we'll have to table. put the, the video up. On yeah, our I'll site, have to check so. it out. Yeah, I'll, I'll I'll link the YouTube video for all right, Flash. Great. So that's what we're thinking really for you guys to check out the Facebook page so you can see this video. Yeah, it's actually really it was a really good interview that they did with those guys are awesome and they also do a lot of playing horror video games so they're they're fun. No. Oh, good. Well, because the things are on hold with the movie right now and the series right now, something that came out this week, it was a great article on bloodydisgusting.com. Uh, there's actually, it was a fan-funded fan film that's being made that's going to be a direct sequel to Friday the 13th Part 6, Jason Lives. It's going to be called Friday the 13th Vengeance. And again, I just want to point out, this is a fan film. It's not going to be anything that's going to be in theaters or anything like that. Um, but if you've seen Never Hike Alone, which was an excellent, oh, that was awesome. That's on YouTube. Check that out. Yeah, it's it's absolutely worth seeing. It's a great Friday the Thirteenth fan film. Very well done. Uh, this has my attention because the original director of Friday the Thirteenth Part Six is actually somehow involved with this production. Yeah, and C.J. Graham, who played Jason in Part Six, is actually playing Jason in this movie. So they've actually got some parties that were involved in Friday the 13th Part 6 on board, and it's going to be a direct sequel to that film, which was kind of its own little... I mean, it fits in the Friday the 13th series, but it kind of was its own thing. It was quirky. It wasn't you know, as much horror as it was horror yeah. comedy. And uh, it's going to be kind of interesting to see where they go with that. Um, also involved is going to be Steve Dash, who played Jason in Part Two of Friday the Thirteenth. So uh, they got some big names coming up for a fan film. Yeah, they did it on Kickstarter. Uh, their goal was twenty five thousand dollars as of the date of this article, which is a couple days ago. They were at thirty eight thousand seven hundred fifty two in donations with nineteen days left as of that. So it's still left. So if you want to fund this, go on to Kickstarter, look up Friday the Thirteenth Vengeance. It is being funded. As uh, it's coming, uh, Jeremy Brown is the director. Uh, it's, it's, they're billing it as a 30 years later sequel, unofficially, of course, in quotation marks, to Friday the 13th, Jason Lives, and the film's Jason C.J. Graham is on board, as you already pointed out. The synopsis of the film they give real quick is, the story begins with Elias Voorhees, Jason's father, returning to Crystal Lake in a string of grisly murders that soon follows his arrival. After hearing the news of the most recent killings, Tommy Jarvis then goes missing, which leaves it up to his daughter, Angelica Jarvis, to rise to the challenge of not only finding her father, but also finding a way to destroy his old nemesis, Jason Voorhees. In the process, armed with knowledge never previously known about Jason, Angelica may prove to be his greatest threat yet, which culminates in an epic showdown of Jarvis versus Voorhees. Here's hoping that Tom Matthews is somehow going to be making an appearance in this one. Yeah, that'd be cool. Tom Matthews was was Tommy Jarvis. Well, he made an appearance, as we know, in the Never Hike Alone. Never Hike Alone, Spoiler, he's in at the end, so just keep your eyes open for him. But yes, definitely check out Never Hike Alone and just type that in on YouTube and you can watch the whole... I do believe it's 40 minutes. Uh, Hour and 10. Oh, it's an hour and 10? It's an hour and 10. It doesn't feel like it. That movie's... That movie's like an hour and eight. Maybe an hour and eight. Like, it's it's a weird... That movie just moves brisk. It really does. But so well made, though. May or may not have watched it 
The oh, attention yeah. to detail in that movie where they even have the like the crime scene markings are yeah. exactly where people got killed in the that original. That is the epitome of a fan film. Oh, yeah. That is a fan film right there. That's not like some of this other stuff you see on YouTube where people just pick up a video camera and film it. That was done. It was done well. They did pay attention to the detail. Hoping that Vengeance is going to be that way, too. And I have a feeling with as much money as they're putting in and the fact that parties from the series are involved it's going to be worth it. absolutely i i definitely would say check that out and if you want to start jump on kickstarter it should still be up because uh that article only came down out a few days ago yeah it was, so it was 19 days week. yeah so it was within 19 days so there's still at least should be at two least weeks. a week two weeks or a week yeah. left or whatever well they're way over what they needed to yeah. i think that it was only twenty five thousand that they wanted from kickstarter and it's yeah. way over hey but if you want to donate and hit some of their stretch goals oh, absolutely. Yeah, some stretch goals after i saw ever after i saw never hike alone i wish I would have kickstarted that because you got a poster and the movie for, for like 25 bucks. With that being said, <laughs> I love how Ron chuckles because that's my thing. So we want to know how you guys think. So go ahead and find us on Facebook at Horizon 607 or on Twitter or Instagram. Also, by, by following us at, at Horizon 607. Always use the hashtag HZ607 to join our conversation. And we will be right back with the, the, our long-form talking segment that I'm doing. So we'll see how that goes for the first week. So you're listening to Horizon 607. Welcome back to Horror Zone 607. Real quick, a little cheap plug for the band that you just heard. Their name is the Phosphines, and they're from Melbourne, Australia. Go check them out at their website, Phosphines, spelled P-H-O-S-P-H-E-N-E, dot com, dot A-U, because they're from Australia, so there's an A-U. And check out their stuff. You can find them on Bandcamp. You can find them on Spotify. You can find them on Google Play and also iTunes. So check those guys out, and thank you for letting us use your music all across our 8122 production production, uh, stuff. So as we grow this show, we have decided we're going to do segments. Me and Mike have decided, and we're going to premiere my segment, which I decided, what do I do best? I talk. So we're just going to do talking horror. And what we're going to do here week to week is sometimes there might be an interview segment here. Sometimes there might be a couple different things that we're going to talk about more long form. This particular week, we're going to do an article that came up and kind of give you what the article said, and then we're going to go over their points and then even give our points. It's just a longer talking narrative about a particular subject on any given week. So this week, as I promised, it is an article. It was on Bloody Disgusting, so you can uh, we'll try to put up uh, the article up there because it was an amazing article. If not, you can find it on their webpage uh, or their app because they do have an app. Uh, it's called Remake Fever, What the Friday the 13th and Nightmare on Elm Street franchises should learn from Halloween success. And the article basically goes on to say that with the coming into all of this, we have, you know, this big renaissance of the 80s horror monsters that we're getting back. Uh, Halloween made, you know, as we reported earlier, $225 million so far. That's a huge making for a, a horror movie. 
And everybody wants to get in a piece of the pie. Obviously, we've known Jason Blum and Blumhouse Productions have been very adamant that they would like to create everything. We talked about it a little bit in the first segment as well. LeBron James and Vertigo are in to do the new Friday the 13th movie, which they're more likely to get that from New Line because New Line has done business with Vertigo before. And so with that being said, everybody's got like a, a horse in this race and they're trying to make as much money as possible. And this article is just basically going, hey, what can you learn from Halloween? And... It goes through and it also talks about the boom before, which we can talk about briefly here amongst us, of what we remember. Remember around 2009, we had another renaissance boom and the horror, specifically the uh, 80s horror, when we got the Texas Chainsaw Massacre remake and subsequent sequels. We got the Friday the 13th remake. In 2010, we got the uh, Nightmare on Elm Street remake. And they were talking about where those movies failed. Where, Mike, do you, off the top of your head, where did you think those movies failed? Um... First of all, they were just, it was almost like it was just a cash grab. Um, there was no, I don't want to say that there was no love put into it, but it just, I didn't feel the suspense. I didn't feel the atmosphere more than anything. Um, one of the better ones, actually, going back and looking at it, was the remake of My Bloody Valentine, uh, yeah. which for a while I actually thought was better than the original, but I've watched the original a few more times and I, would, I, I still have to go with that one. But um, there was just there was no atmosphere. The characters were poorly written. Too much attempted comedy, maybe yeah. with them. They were just too goofy. Um, you know the the Friday the Thirteenth remake, especially. I I loved it when I saw it the night that it came out. But you know, looking back on that, some of those characters, especially like the the uh, I don't even remember what his name. Trent, I believe, was his name. The, the bad guy, douche, the douchebag, yeah. jock kind of character. The jock will. guy, yeah, I couldn't stand him, and I know that that's what they were trying in, to do. In the but worst sex scene in the history of movies, worst ever, worst yeah. ever. But I don't know. There was just something lacking. I mean, Nightmare on Elm Street. You, there's two movies that I've always said you cannot remake without the people involved with them, and that's I think I've mentioned it on the show already. You can't make another Nightmare on Elm Street movie without Robert England as Freddy. It's it's just. I don't know that they're ever going to find the right person for that, and everybody's always going to compare them to Robert England, and also Doug Bradley as Pinhead. You know those those two uh, characters, those actors playing those parts, um, were they were the part. Jason, you could have anybody under that mask. Michael, you could have anybody under that mask. Um, even my bloody Valentine, anybody could have been under the mask. But you know they they tried to make a Nightmare on Elm Street. Without Robert England, and it was dark and it was gritty. I don't even know exactly what failed with it, though. I, I I'm not going to blame it yeah, all on Jackie Earl Haley because he's a good actor. Yeah, it, they failed at confirming that he was a pedophile. That's yeah. what they failed. Yeah, the, that 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 whole scene where he said, "And you were his favorite," right? Just, that right then and there was the problem. Yeah. yeah, everybody understands that's what he was. And then later, the pictures confirm. Yeah, and the pictures confirm. Like, what, like it was always suggested that that's right. why, that was the problem that's why the parents chased him down and burned him in the boiler room there you don't need to put it front and center right and uh you were his favorite right like, come on like that's 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 the problem i think that one had right and i just think the 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 one shots the, the one-liners didn't hit because he well, they were poorly written right right and he was just given what what he had and he was trying yeah. to and it just didn't his timing just wasn't really there yeah plus the way he was like hunched over walking with the glove yeah. up and you know i don't know there was I, I, didn't mind, I didn't mind the hunch over part because 
we've had this discussion where you know it's he can walk any different way because it could be true somebody, if somebody else thinks he looks different he'd be in their dreams blah 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 that's why we said like if they bring if robert england's got another one in him bring him in but also bring in a couple others and and then rotate them through the that's different what dreams. robert england sees and yes he's, yeah. he's, he's talked he's, about that multiple times over the years like i said they talk about this in that article uh, basically everything you guys just listed is, is in the article. That's getting it out of there. They really did a good job of saying that they failed at like portraying things. I personally think the best one of the remake bunch was the Texas Chainsaw remake. I agree. Uh, and that whether really... I would not say it was better than the original because it wasn't, but I, I enjoyed it at, at least. Yeah, I did Some too. of the subsequent sequels I wasn't a huge fan yeah, of. Yeah, I haven't been but... a fan of it. Although I do like Texas Chainsaw Massacre Part 2, uh, although it was more of a comedy, it was... Are you talking about from the original? From the original yeah, okay. series, yeah. yeah. From the Dennis original Hopper. series, yeah, yeah. That's they're, they're, like I said, I, I, I didn't like any of their re- the ones, the sequels to the remake, though. I kind of, there was the prequel. and then There, there was, was the prequel. The, and then there was the other one, the uh, Texas Chainsaw that was just called That Texas was actually Chainsaw. going back to the original series. Yeah, though. they did. The remake they kinda, only had the remake. They kind of did the what Halloween did. Yeah. I didn't mind that one. I kind of like Texas Chainsaw, but there was, there was something to be missed because I didn't like the fact that the whole movie, they kind of portrayed him as the hero. By the you, end of it, they did. Oh, no, no. Even throughout the movie, though. Think about it. Because the guy, like, one of the first guys that gets killed is the guy who is uh, trying to steal from the house. Then he kills the cheating boyfriend oh, and the yeah. girl. So, basically, all movie long, they're kind of nudging you that he's a hero. Right. Like, it doesn't come across, per se, as that until exactly at the end. But if you think about watching that movie a second time. Right. Because I have. If you think about it then, they're really nudging you the whole movie that he's a hero. And yeah. I just don't. I don't. I, I never I saw like, that I like my, right. I like my villains' villains. Now, mind you, we all know that, that Jason's the moral creature. Sater, but he's still he's still a bad guy right you know he still kills a couple innocent people just to make you remember that yeah i'm a dick you know and the same thing with michael myers it's like yeah he, he usually kills a lot of people who deserve it but he also has to get that body count so he kills some people who don't yep. you know most notably the remake rob zombie remake which came around in these times too where he killed danny treyu we don't, uh. feel, don't think we forgot Rob Zombie that you had him kill Danny Trejo. That was horrible. That never should have happened. That never should have happened. He was a good guy. I know. I know. And he killed him. But that's what made you hate that character. Because at that moment, I was like, I don't like him. I don't like him at all. I don't like him either. I'll be burns in hell. <laughs> but they offered up six suggestions going forward. So we're gonna. I'm going to talk. I'm going to give a synopsis of their suggestions and then see what we think about them just real quick. Nothing. I don't want to go too, too far in depth. But if something tickles our fancy, we'll let it go. So the first one they think is sequels are sell better than remakes. And they point out the fact that the Rob Zombie remake of Halloween only made 31 million and only ultimately earned 80 million. Whereas this next one, which was a sequel to the original made 200 million. And it goes on to give other examples of how sequels make more money than remakes. I believe this is true for the same reason as they do is because then you don't get rid of what people loved originally. It's the nostalgia factor. Yeah. But you know, if you get rid of what somebody loved originally, then you're going into that weird wonky version of like, I don't like what you did to what I love. Yeah, that too. So you're automatically, even if it's great, it could be a cinematic masterpiece, but you know, uh, it's not going to play the same. Like we've all discussed your love of Halloween three. If they would have called it something, anything besides Halloween three, they just call the season of the witch. That movie would be an all time classic horror movie. Cause it's a really good movie standalone. What buries it is the name attached Halloween. to it. And I can't even imagine. I was only four years old yeah. when that movie came out. But you know, if I had been around when that came out, there was probably outrage. <laughs> there had to have been outrage. I and if the internet existed, man, there would be a hell of an article you were writing. Man. Oh, absolutely. 
the second point they put out, make the film an event. Because obviously when the new Halloween came out, it was 40 years after the original. They And they made sure you knew that in every commercial. They made sure they yeah. knew that in every publication. They put it out in October. They put it out around the same time the original came out, 40 years later. They made sure that was part of the storyline. It was a big coming out party. They did that one other time for H2O. And believe it or not, it, when it played the strengths, it opened with $55 million. Believe it or not, H2O made $55 million. Worldwide or in the States? Uh, that was opening in the States. Okay. So $55 million. So once again, when they made that 20 years later, so there, it's a track record. Also, uh, Freddy vs. J- Jason, which uh, capitalized on years of pent-up uh, demand to see the icons face off and ultimately glory gross, $114 million. So once again, if you make it an event, and remember going into that movie, they even had the weigh-in. Freddie oh, and Jason yeah. did the weigh-in yeah. in, in Las Vegas. Michael Buffer was there. It was the fight of the century. And once again, H2O, they made a big deal. It was 20 years after the original, and we're going to be 20 years after the original. This new one, it's 40 years after the original, comes out the same time. It, I, I think there's... I, I don't even have anything else to say, but that's just dead on. If you make something an event, if you make it... you know, That's why if I'm making a Friday the 13th movie, I'm waiting until 2020 when the, the next Friday the 13th happens. Because we don't have another Friday the Thirteenth until twenty twenty. I do uh, believe it's, there is one. I believe next. I want to say there September. There is next. There is one, but, it's but too, be soon, too soon. Too soon. Yeah, I would wait until Friday the Thirteenth. Yeah, that, sorry, there is one next September, but it wouldn't be in time to make a movie. Yeah, unless you rush it. And they then rush it's gonna it. It's going to be crappy. It'll be a disaster. So I say you wait, and I think it's May or June of uh, twenty twenty. I could. I don't have the exact right now, but either way, you wait for that moment because that would be awesome. It comes out on Friday the Thirteenth. It's the return of Jason, and that's what they did with all the original ones that universe or yeah. excuse me um um uh, paramount. paramount made um they all came out on a friday the 13th back then that's i i agree and it worked they were successful the next the next one on this list and uh, i actually this is one i like the most the next one on this list is reviews matter for the longest time in horror movies they didn't care about the reviews they're like the fans are gonna eat this up the reviews are bad well here's the thing you need to get crossover appeal. Like, diehard horror fans are always going to go see their favorite villains in the movies. They're always going to go see that. But you're not going to make the big bucks like Halloween did with just getting Halloween fans. You need the casual fan. You need people who might not go see this movie. And that's where reviews come in. Because if you look on Rotten Tomatoes and a movie's getting 16% reviews Nobody's and you're not a fan it. of it, you're not going to go, right? Halloween, by the way, is still at 80% on Rotten Tomatoes. It, it's it's a it's considered certified fresh right now because it's still at an 80%. And that was, in coming into the movie, we talked about 92% coming in, which is great. Oh, excellent. But it got people to go to that movie that might have not. Because if you were on the fence, if you're not a die, if die, all us diehards, all three of us in this room, we we're going to see that movie regardless. It didn't matter what the ratings and reviews, whatever were. But the guy who is on the fence who might only just like the series a little bit or doesn't really do too many horror movies, so I'm not going to waste my money in the theater to see it when I can watch it at home if it's going to be bad. When they see 92% or 80% on Rotten Tomatoes and they see all these positive reviews, they're going to go, oh, I need to see that movie. And that's what's going to draw you bank. And that's what keeps series alive. So I, I can't agree with this more. I just think that that's one yeah, well, thing that's that guys original Halloween did so well, too, because it started off. They didn't think they were going to make any money. And Siskel and Ebert, of all people, who have hated every slasher since then, they, they loved it. Uh, found it to be suspenseful. Found it to have a good good story. And they loved it. And um, between them and other... That's other, what sold the movie. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It sold the movie to people. And I feel like that's that's how you got to do it. The next item, number four, 
is also important. I just think that the review thing was better in my point. But it's uh, reputation matters. And what they meant by this, as they go through the article here, is that when you put out, like before, the both the Halloween and the... Uh, or not Halloween, sorry, both the Nightmare on Elm Street and the Friday the 13th remakes from 2009 and 2010, respectively, were done by Platinum Dunes, oh. who is, if you guys don't know, that's Michael Bay's production company. And Boom. yes, they hit, yeah, there you go. They hit great success with Texas Chainsaw Massacre, but for the most part, when you hear the name Michael Bay, you do what Ron just did. Boom, right. And, and, and that is the reputation. Ruining in this childhood. article, they're, what they're comparing this to is in this article... Is that this last Halloween movie was done by Blumhouse. Blumhouse is a huge name in horror. They've proven themselves with original materials, i.e. starting with Paranormal Activity, running all the way through Happy Death Day. Uh, obviously, Insidious, Insidious was gigantic, and so wasn't... Um, what's the other one that they do? Why am I forgetting the other movie they put out? Were they involved in The Conjuring? Yes. Yes, they were involved in it. They were not the they're not the soul, but yeah, they're so they anyways yeah, the, without getting too far they, off track. Everything every, they were touching beforehand was pretty much good. Cool. It was pretty good. They're respectable. Yeah. Yeah, you're gonna go to. So having that name tied to your movie is a big deal. And that's where we're going with. And that's what they're saying. Don't go to some small, stupid studio or some studio that's attached to somebody who nobody likes. And that's the big mistake in horror movies. They go with whoever will take them or whoever will offer the most money. You know, remember, when these movies were coming out in their prime, you had Paramount own Friday the 13th. You had New Line Cinemas was the person who owned uh, Nightmare on Elm Street. Dimension owned Halloween after um, the original. They did in the original. Trankus International actually right, right. owned the original. Right, and then it went over to D Dimension. And needlessly forget that Dimension was owned by Disney. Yeah, Dimension was a Disney studio. So once again, they were owned by big name studios. And we won't go into the Dimension who owned Dimension because that's a whole other ball. Yeah, game. We, we won't. Talk we don't got in touch with that controversy. We shall not. Yeah. mention <laughs> on this podcast. Pretty much, but you know, but still, they were owned by big respectable studios. In, in, in response to doing, you know, nonsense. When you see, once again, Platinum Dunes is a big studio, but it's attached to somebody who nobody likes. Right. Uh, you know, yeah. they, they've they gone with these small, rinky-dinky studios. And, they have. And, well, and, and as much as I appreciate what Lionsgate does, don't get me wrong, Lionsgate puts out some good stuff, usually lower budget, usually independent stuff. And I am a fan of certain Lionsgate films. Lionsgate is not prepared to handle a gigantic IP. They're not. Like, they're the ones that create some movies that become a big IP and go elsewhere, but they're not the ones that will handle a giant IP. We've seen this time and time again with right. them in particular. So, like, you got to go to the, the the heavy hitters. And Blumhouse right now is the heavy hitter. They really are. And, I mean, what bigger name to get involved in the Halloween series than the man that created it, John yeah. Carpenter. He hasn't had anything to do with that series since Halloween 3 because it failed. He sold off his rights to the company. He had nothing to do with them. And all of a sudden, he's back involved with them, producing the film, and had his hands all over that film. And and it's almost like you're reading my notes, which you're not, because you're not in front of me. But that was their next point. Five, be selective with how you pay homage. And they meant that on two different folds. First of all, they meant with the movie. So don't go out and just give the fans the same thing that they've seen before. And they even mentioned this in particular. One of the things in the remake of Friday the 13th was the body bag scene, where he kills, which was brutal. It's one of the most violent and vicious things that we, and still to this day in 2018, that we've seen in a movie, the way they portrayed it in that movie. However, it was a throwback to an old kill. Even though it was more brutal, even though it was different, it was still in your head you've seen this before. And that's the problem. You can't just go into a movie and be like, I've seen this before. I've seen this before. And I've seen this before. They're saying, hey, do pay homage, 
But at the same time you're paying homage, make it new. Halloween, whether you liked it or not, Mike, uh, really did change up the mo. It changed it up. There was that. a bigger. It was a bigger body count. The way he his motive, you know, his motivations were slightly different, and and it made the difference. And at the end of this day, we still got what we wanted to see. At the end of the day, the obsession with Laurie Strode was still there, and her obsession with him, and that's where we got to see the heavyweight fight, if you will. But going into that heavyweight fight, until we get to where they've seen each other and know that they still are existing, if you will, they you know they filled it with different stuff, which was good and bad. Like you didn't like it per se, but one of the strong points of it is then you can say, well, at least it wasn't a remake of the original, because that's what hurts a lot of movies, not just in horror, but a lot of uh, in a lot of genres, but especially in horror, because that's what I feel like every director who tries to reboot or do another sequel down the line does. It's like, okay, so we're going to take this kill scene and this kill scene from this movie and this kill scene from this. Maybe we'll sprinkle in one, but you, you got to sprinkle in more original stuff and then just put a little bit like the Easter eggs are great. Like right. the, the, the shamrock, silver shamrock mass and the little other Easter eggs throughout the movie are great. That's what Easter eggs are, though. They're in the background. You have to look for them. And sometimes, you know, sometimes they're more in your face, but a lot of times they're in the background. That's cool. Like the hat, the, the Laurie Strode's hat Laurie that was in her, hat, her, was her room, bedroom. and it's also in there. Yeah. That's a great Easter egg. And it's a throwback to us fans. But I like the fact that it was different. And we didn't see the same exact kills. We didn't see the guy get lifted against the door and stabbed into the door. We didn't see what they've done in multiple Halloween movies. Yeah. We didn't see we didn't see those deaths. And that was good because it's original. It's new. And then you're not feeling like, oh, man, I'm watching just a remake. And the other part of paying homage is what you said. They got the originator involved. John Carpenter was involved in this movie. Uh, you know, uh, 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 the Akid, fa- the Akkad family was also involved in this movie. Everybody who originally had hands on, uh, or in some way, shape, or form on the Halloween franchise was involved in this movie, and that's awesome. You need to do that. The, the score was based upon the original score because it was done by John Carpenter. That's amazing. That's what you need. Those are the things you need. Obviously, with Nightmare on Elm Street, we've lost Wes Craven. So he's not going to be involved. But there's other people, i.e. Robert Englund, who's willing to be involved. I.e. Heather Langkamp, who's willing to be involved. Those are the people you need to bring in and have involved. There's other people who worked behind the scenes in those movies that will be involved. And those are the people you need to get involved. Whether they're the big name producer, if it's Blumhouse is the big name producer, and they're secondary, doesn't matter. As long as they're involved and they're there curating the... Cur- curating their stuff that's what we want to see it's the same thing with with coming into a friday the 13th i want sean cunningham involved well right now adrian king who i got to meet earlier this year when i was at my trip at the original camp crystal lake location she's leading a campaign right now trying to get back into the next friday the 13th movie she she desperately wants to uh, play alice again so that'd be amazing to see her back and i've always had an idea where they should have a movie uh, Friday the Thirteenth movie where they get all the final girls from the whole series back. I, you know, I've I've had some good ideas and I'm not going to mention them on here because then I don't want my ideas stolen by somebody that may hear this. Oh, but yeah, you guys will have to tell you off air. Oh, but then, I, I just share and just see what happens. <laughs> <laughs> but lastly, because uh, time restraints. Lastly, yeah. we uh, the last thing was make it timely. And by this and their they, this one was the last one on, on purpose for them because they were like you know obviously this t- this movie Halloween came out at the perfect time because of the hashtag Me Too thing. It is a movie about women empowerment just like the original technically was about women empowerment because Laurie Strode bo- embodies w- an empowered woman. And so and that's what this movie does. So it was timely to that. 
it doesn't necessarily have to be a publicly something like that timely, but make it timely in the matter that, you know, you're making it relevant that it's bringing over today what we see today. The one thing that I will give the Nightmare on Elm Street remake was that it did involve the internet. So it did have homage to our time. So you didn't look at it and go, oh, wait a minute. They're not talking about our time. We're set back somewhere else. Now, if you're doing a, a, a timepiece, that's fine. Make sure it's all set that way. But if you're doing it that it's happening right now in modern times, we need to see modern technologies. We need to see people tweeting about stuff. We need to see people on Facebook because that's what people do. So you want to <laughs> include that inside of this stuff. Well, he's laughing or you're coughing. I was coughing. <laughs> oh, okay. But no, think about it. I mean, I, I mean, you don't want them to be stuck in it, but you do have to have those references because if they're not having those references it's not going to be yeah. you know so. it's not going to work so i agree with this article overall once again check the article out it is on bloody disgusting we'll uh throw it up on the uh page it's like i said it's called remake fever what the friday the 13th and nightmare on elm streets franchises should learn from halloween success uh i think that it's a great article and it couldn't have been written better so with that, we're going on. Uh, remember to hit us up. Let us know what you think. Let us know what you think the sequel should be doing. Let, talk to us. You know, find us on Facebook, uh, HorrorZone607. Uh, once again, Twitter and Instagram, at HorrorZone607. And always use the hashtag HZ607 to join our conversation because we want to hear from you. And we're going to come back with an awesome awesome uh review from mike c he's digging deep in the vaults he's going to hit you with one of his favorite movies of all time i do believe correct Ooh, absolutely well, there's a little teaser so wait we'll be back from the break and remember you're listening to horror zone 607 red lights come and go holding back my fits of passion driving down a no through road looking for a place to stay i've been feeling like i home And welcome back to Horror Zone 607. As Rich was mentioning in the last segment, uh, at the beginning of it, uh, we're going to try some new specific segments that we're going to be doing with the show going forward. And one of the things that got me started, you know, altogether with making this website is I like to write reviews of horror movies, good or bad, you know, my experience with them, give them a rating at the end. And it kind of took a lot of people enjoyed reading what I had written and this particular movie that I'm about to talk about is one that's near and dear to my heart. It's actually one of the few modern horror movies um, that I absolutely love. There's not many of them after 1984 that I enjoy, uh, but this is definitely one of them. It's actually a horror comedy, and if you do follow the site, you hear me talk about it a lot. And It's a movie called Behind the Mask, The Rise of Leslie Vernon. It came out in 2006 and was directed by Scott Glosserman. And... Again, many of you may not have heard this, but this movie is absolutely brilliant. Uh, it's a horror comedy, as I just mentioned. It's done in mockumentary style and had me laughing the entire time I was watching it. Um, I've probably watched this movie 20, 25 times now, and it holds up every time. I never get sick of watching it, and I think I love it even more each time that I do. The movie follows a film crew that have the task of finding and inter interviewing a masked serial killer by the name of Leslie Vernon. 
when they go to his home, he actually gracious, he's standing there, just a normal guy, average Joe, and he graciously invites him into his life and shows them all the ins and outs of being a killer. Uh, kind of, you know, sets up all the suspense uh, as he stalks his victims ahead of time, tells them exactly how he's going to pull it off, explains how he's always able to stay one step ahead of his victims, and how he needs to even do extreme cardio to always be able to outrun his victims, and so on. Basically, the way I like to describe it is picture a film crew following Michael Myers, just walking around with him, hanging out with him on his day-to-day, everyday life, uh, as he just lives his regular life. Uh, the film stars Angela Gothels, who probably most of you won't know the name, but she was Kevin McAllister's sister in the original Home Alone. She was the les incompetent girl, if that matters to any of you. Uh, Robert England is also in the movie, who, of course, as we've talked about, is Freddy Krueger in The Nightmare on Elm Street. Zelda Rubenstein, who was in Poltergeist, the original three movies. She was the This House is Clean lady. And Scott Wilson, who played Herschel in The Walking Dead. Leslie's played by a guy by the name of Nathan Basil. I hope I'm pronouncing the name right. And uh, this guy doesn't have a big laundry list of movies in his career, but the guy was such a natural in this movie. He was phenomenal. He was hysterical. And, um, you know, trying to describe the movie doesn't do it any justice. If you're a true hardcore horror movie fan, you have to see this movie. It covers everything that slasher movies are made up of. He just he kind of spoofs it all and uh, just runs through everything on how he becomes a serial killer. Um, Scott Wilson's character it just is unbelievable in it as well. Rest in peace. We just lost him a couple of weeks ago. Um, he's kind of the... It's, it's alluded that he may actually be the killer from the original Black Christmas in this movie. It's kind of a... a one of those things that's out there. It's a conspiracy theory out there that this actually ties into that movie. Um, but the movie's hilarious. It has great moments from start to finish. And uh, it's absolutely a movie that's going to end up being a cult classic someday. Uh, deserves a sequel. They've been talking about doing a sequel for quite some time. And I really hope to see it. That being said, uh, this movie is a solid 8.5 out of 10. Um, I would love to even give it more, but... You know, I, I got to be honest, it's, it's an 8.5 out of 10, uh, which is an excellent score. And uh, I, I can't say enough good things about this movie. Yeah, it's been a while since I've seen this one. I actually uh, enjoyed it quite a bit. Uh, coming into watching, I do remember the first time I ever watched it. I think I caught it on like HBO or Cinemax or whatever, because back then, you know, streaming wasn't as large as it, large as it is now. Uh, so I didn't know what the hell I was watching at first, <laughs> but it drew, it drew, it drew me in. Uh, and anytime that happens, that means it is decent. Like I said, I, I've seen it again most recently, probably about three years ago. So I need to catch up on watching it again because it is probably due to me to see it again. I always remember I've seen it probably four or five times. And I've always enjoyed it. So I always liked the mockumentary uh, style of the, that movie. It was one of the few that did it like super well. Um, I I also, like I said, like you did, it, it's, it's enjoyable to kind of see from a killer from a different perspective and it's it's intriguing and it's neat uh some of the funnier scenes to me and more hit homes like when he fails at things like he's he's talking somebody and then it goes wrong and he's just like all upset and you know just like you would be in your real life you'd be upset and pissed off like all this hard work's gone down the drain like yeah (laughs) that that was always fun that was fun for me because you know it's not perfect and he's definitely not a perfect killer so it's 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 an intriguing moment but his lines are hysterical oh yeah i mean at one point he's there with with the main character again played by angela gothels 
uh, her name is Taylor in the movie, and uh, he's showing them how he's going to execute different kills in the movie. And at one point, they're in a little barn or something or a shed, and he's got an apple press, an apple cider press. And she's like, so what are you going to do with this? What, what does this do? And you're thinking he's going to put somebody's head in this thing and squeeze it. And his response is, well, you put an apple underneath it and you squeeze it and juice comes out from underneath it. And it's delicious. <laughs> you know, just lines like that. Yeah. Uh, it was so comical. But towards the end of the movie, when he goes through with what he's telling them he's going to do the whole time, it turns into an all-out slasher movie. And just it's phenomenal the way he goes about the kills. He does everything he says he's going to do ahead of time. But it gets scary. So it goes from a comedy to a horror movie yeah. on the you know on the turn of a dime. And definitely an interesting take. Like I said, like that's what gets me in sometimes it's the originality is amazing. Um so I, I also agree it's 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 up there for me. Uh if you want to find this to watch it, I have licked it up just so you don't have to, you know, do it yourself. You can get it on Amazon Prime Video. You can get it from renting and stuff as low as 4.99, which is an awesome deal, so I would suggest to go ahead and do it. It is also on Google Play Movies and TV uh starting at 3.99 and it is on the pay-for version of YouTube uh at starting at 3.99 as well. So, 3.99, 4.99, you can watch the movie, uh, you know, it's worth probably buying too. You probably can buy it for a couple of you, bucks. Yeah, I, I wasn't even looking that up but i'm sure you can go on amazon either buy the hard copy or you can buy it through their streaming site and usually like movies like this i know i just purchased the original halloween when we were <laughs> streaming it for our uh halloween uh, horror night for 3f well, that was so much fun at, yeah at uh our sponsor store i uh i bought it from i bought that from amazon for like 5.99 it was 4.99 to rent it was 5.99 to buy so you might as well spend the extra dollar and have it in my collection forever i mean Absolutely. i already own it on dvd and blu-ray but uh, so yeah, definitely check it out. Those are the avenues to find it or find, like I said, go to, yeah, I'm pretty sure you can find it at any retailer pretty much, but I think everybody shops online and streams nowadays. Occasionally it pops up onto Netflix too. So keep your eye on Netflix and Hulu because occasionally it does pop up because I've seen it on my Netflix stream before. Oh, I haven't seen it on Netflix yeah, actually, but if it's on there, I'm telling you, this movie is definitely one you got to catch if you're a horror fan, if you haven't seen it yet. And then also, if you're into stuff like Shudder and stuff like that, I'm sure you'd probably find it. It might be on there, too. I don't have I, that, I just but... don't have the information wasn't on there if it is. So if yeah. you have Shudder and stuff, let us know. You can let our let all of our listeners know if you have Shudder and such and if it's on there. Because now there's a whole bunch of streaming sites just dedicated to horror. Of course, Shudder thinks is the biggest one. Yeah, at this point in time, it is. So that's awesome. And I think it's, it's we're calling it a week. Is it time to go already? It is. It's time, it's time to exit the zone. Uh, well... You know, it's been a pleasure sitting here with you gentlemen again this week. Uh, again, look us up on Facebook. Follow us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram. We're pretty much everywhere at this point. Uh, you can find us on all kinds of different uh, streaming sites now. You would know that. Oh, yeah. We are we are now with this first episode on our own channel. We are Our channel is through Podbean, so we'd like to first of all say thank you to Podbean. Uh, they are the our host site for uh, the Horizon 607. Also, uh, we are on iTunes, which is also Apple Podcasts, if you want. Uh, we are on uh, Spotify, mm-hmm. Stitcher, CastBox. Uh, you name it, we're on it. I think the only thing we're not on is YouTube. That's the only thing. And maybe iHeartRadio Music. But I don't know how many people are uh, <laughs> streaming that. So if you guys are listening to podcasts uh, normally on iHeartRadio, send, send us a message. Because I'm not sure how many. I know I know they offer it, but I have not gotten us on there. That's the only one I'd have. So the only two we're not on is YouTube and iHeartRadio. So and YouTube, that's maybe someday long we'll be on YouTube. Answer. You never know. Maybe, yeah. Probably. We will probably. We will be, definitely be getting on there. Unfortunately, it takes doing a channel and all that stuff. And then we, I just don't have time. 
And uh, yeah, you can, but you can just do audio. We don't, you don't have to do a visual. I know, audio. I know, I know. I'm just being funny. But uh, we are everywhere but those two places. Uh, also, like always, use hashtag HC607 to hit us up because we want to hear from you guys and tell us where where you're listening from. You know, if you we aren't on something by some stretch of the imagination which does happen sometimes let me know so i can turn it into our our, our <laughs> provider so they can rectify that or if it's you know stitcher and everything we have to do separately so uh stitcher and spotify and all that i i'm well aware we're on because i have to do an itunes because i have to do that separately but anything that we're supposed to be like cast box and uh, pocket cast and stuff like that if you find for some reason can't find horror zone 607 just by searching horror zone 607 then uh, let us know because I need to rectify that with them. And I can't, I'm not downloading it on all these things because I don't carry most of them. So we rely on you guys and your interactions. Absolutely. All right. Well, join us next week. We've got some big things to talk about again next week. We'll have another movie review. Uh, we're going to be talking about a lot of different things. Uh, Swamp Thing is going to be a, a TV yeah, series gonna, that's coming. Uh, Rafe is going to be back in, in the studio with say, us next week to talk about that. We're going to be doing his segment, which is going to be based on literature and comic books, correct? Yes. So that's awesome. He's bringing that to the table. Like, So when I say we cover all things horror, it's not a lie. We cover all things horror. So he'll be here talking about that. Also coming out this week is going to be another horror movie called Overlord. Uh, guys are going to be going to see that this weekend. I'm not sure if I'm going to get a chance to or not, but they'll be here to talk about that, uh, among other different things. Yes. So for Ron, for Rich, I'm Mike C. Thanks for listening to Horizon 607.